Well, good evening, folks, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Whitfield Report, broadcasting live here from South Florida, and I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me here tonight, or uh, whenever you're listening to this in the past, present, future hour, if you're uh, watching this on the replay, or listening to this on the uh, audio podcast, whichever you're uh, doing, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, contact info as usual. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SamW underscore NGC. Hashtag Whitfield Report. Hashtag Sam's Savages. You can also follow me on Gab and Minds at Sam Whitfield. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Whitfield Report. TheSamWhitfield.com is uh, my web site. And as always, if you're listening to this on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, please leave the podcast a uh, five-star rating and review. Although, uh, I don't know if if, uh, ratings and reviews are actually a thing on uh, Spotify. I know they are um, on uh, Apple Podcasts, so if you're over there, please leave the show a good rating, and of course, uh, if you're on YouTube, please hit the like button and, you know, sub and all that. Alright folks, so this is the first live stream of the uh, year, actually, the first live show, so, uh, you know, Happy New Year to to the chat, Happy uh, New Year to those of you who are uh, watching and lurking, um, you know, who aren't in the chat yet. Um so glad you're here. Uh, topics for tonight. Uh, we have a lot on the docket, actually. Uh, first off, I want to kind of cover Iran and give some of my uh, opinions on Iran, which uh, likely folks will uh, somewhat... No one is going to agree with me on Iran completely because... Uh, my whole take on the situation is a wait-and-see approach, and uh, we will, I'll explain that in just a sec. Um, I want to go over uh, Ricky Gervais's Golden Globe speech. Uh, I know that was a, from a week ago, but still I think it's worth uh, mentioning. And then... Uh, breaking news yesterday, uh, last night, I tweeted about this a bit, uh, Neil Peart, uh, who is one of my all-time favorite musicians and, uh, drummers, passed away, and, uh, obviously you long-time, uh, listeners of the show, um, know that I'm, that I'm a big Neil, uh, Peart fan, and a huge fan of Neil Peart, Peart, so, uh, we have that on the docket, and then we will be joined uh, later in the program by Mr. Apex uh, Gamma for the co-host uh, segment. So, um, anyway, we have a lot to get to, so uh, again, thanks for tuning in, and let's get started, shall we? Okay, um, so in regards to uh, Iran... I want to start off by saying that uh, let's just get the main point out of the way. 
no folks, World War Three is not going to happen. You're not going to get, to get drafted. It's not the end of the world as we know it. Um, to be honest, shit in the Middle East has always been chaotic. And Iran hasn't necessarily been our friend like ever, just put it plainly. Um, so it was inevitable that something was going to, to happen. Um, I believe President Trump fully when he says that Soleimani was planning us, was planning on something. He has no reason to lie about that. And I, I know that there's going to be a certain percentage of people that, uh, you know, cry Zionism, that, you know, this was a, that this was an Israeli Zionist, you know, thing. No, there's, there's no substantial evidence to, you know, suggest that. And I mean, at this point, I would rather take the, you know, I I would rather take Israel over Iran. Let me just say that, um, too. Now, I will also say this, I'm not an, I am not a neocon by any stretch of the imagination. I used to be more of a neocon when I was uh, younger, um, but as I've matured, and uh, not even that, um, as I've met wounded veterans uh, over the past couple of years, and, and I've had the privilege of uh, meeting a few uh, wounded veterans who have impacted uh, my life in a very significant way. I, I've I've become weary of uh, you know of endless foreign wars and whatnot. So I don't like the idea of us going to war uh, with Iran. Uh, I but I don't necessarily like the idea of scumbags like Soleimani existing out there either. Uh, and like I said, the fact that, you know, Trump was saying that he was planning, uh, you know, attacks against the U.S., you know, I have no reason to, to doubt Trump. Think think about it, folks. There are, there are probably hundreds of threats per year made against this country that we don't even hear about, that the intelligence apparatus does hear about. Um, case in point, I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with Michael Mellis the uh, the other day, and um, Michael Mellis was actually explaining to, to uh, Joe Rogan that about like 10 years ago, Michael Mellis found out about, uh, supposedly there was a nail bomb attack that was uh, being planned for uh, for Grand Central in New, York, in New York City that he found out about from uh, a friend who was in, in intelligence. Now, uh, the NYPD had thwarted um, that attack. And the public obviously never heard about it. Uh, you know, Michael Mellis 
I understood, but to to kind of illustrate his point, you know, the point was that there are attacks that uh, are planned and orchestrated against this country ever every day that you know get thwarted that we might not ever hear about. You know, so if so by that logic, so if Soleimani was you know was in fact planning attacks, um, then Trump. Did good by taking him out. I, I, I think. And the other thing too is this isn't the first time we've uh, heard fears about World War Three. Do you remember when? Um, if any of you guys remember a few years ago, uh, um, there was. Uh, there were fears that World War Three was going to start because uh, Trump struck a an airfield in Syria against um, B- Bashir al-Assad. Now, in terms of the Assad regime and whatnot, and eh, that whole thing was led by Bolton, and that seemed more like an interventionist case, which I'm not, you know, I'm not necessarily in favor of intervention. Uh, you know, that, that was when intelligent agencies were, uh, you know, claiming that Assad was using uh, nerve gas against his own people. And, you know, there was no substantial evidence to suggest that. So at that point, that seemed to be more of an, of an interventionalist thing. And, you know, the, the warmongers were, uh, you know, trying to get Trump to attack Syria. And Trump didn't and ended up getting rid of Bolton. Uh, you know, this seemed to be more of a preventative attack, you know, of a preventative measure uh, against an attack on America, potentially. So Trump did what he had to do. And so that's kind of how I am looking at this whole thing. I'm not worried about, about it yet. And we don't even know for a fact that anything is going to happen with Iran. You know, if if we go to war for sure, then yeah, obviously I'll have a lot more to say about it then. But at this point in time, I'm really not that worried uh, about, you know, I was going to war. It hasn't kept me up at, at night. Um, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not really scared that it's going to happen intimately until, you know, things actually become concrete. Although... Uh, I will admit some of the World War Three memes on Reddit have been particularly hilarious to uh, watch. Uh, at any rate, I do want to uh, watch Tr- uh, President Trump's uh, press conference uh, that he made after uh, Iran, I guess, counterattacked us or, you know, attempted to counterattack us and um i will scope i will scroll through the chat while the video is playing and if there are any comments that you know i i think need to be read um we will do that also uh ladies and gentlemen i will put this up on the screen for you guys uh it's not up there right now but if you would like to uh donate slash super chat me uh, you can uh, do that by going to uh, streamlabs.com forward slash 
the Whitfield Report, and uh, you can donate there. And I will read your, uh, you know, super chat. I'm gonna have to do it from my phone because I don't have OBS. But uh, you know, you can donate by going to streamlabs.com forward slash Whitfield Report or uh, PayPal.me forward slash Whitfield Pod if you'd like to uh, super chat me. Either those methods would be uh, greatly appreciated. And uh, you know, without for, so without further ado, I'm going to uh, play this uh, segment of Trump's speech on Iran. And uh, let's roll the tape. Okay, uh, that was weird. I don't know what happened. The uh, the stream died uh, apparently. Uh, I don't know what happened. But uh, anyway, here's the uh, clip of uh, Trump's speech. So, yeah. And here we have President of the United States to address the nation and the world. As long as I'm President of the United States, Iran will never be allowed to have a nuclear weapon. Good morning. I'm pleased to inform you the American people should be extremely grateful and happy. No Americans were harmed in last night's attack by the Iranian regime. We suffered no casualties. All of our soldiers are safe, and only minimal damage was sustained at our military bases. Our great American forces are prepared for anything. Iran appears to be standing down which is a good thing for all parties concerned and a very good thing for the world. No American or Iraqi lives were lost because of the precautions taken, the dispersal of forces, and an early warning system that worked very well. I salute the incredible skill and courage of America's men and women in uniform for far too long, all the way back to 1979, to be exact, nations have tolerated Iran's destructive and destabilizing behavior in the Middle East and beyond. Those days are over. Iran has been the leading sponsor of terrorism, and their pursuit of nuclear weapons threatens the civilized world. We will never let that happen. Last week, we took decisive action to stop a ruthless terrorist from threatening American lives. At my direction, the United States military eliminated the world's top terrorist, Qasem Soleimani. As the head of the Quds Force, Soleimani was personally responsible for some of the absolutely worst atrocities. He trained terrorist armies, including Hezbollah, launching terrorist strikes against civilian targets. He fueled bloody civil wars all across the region. He viciously wounded and murdered thousands of U.S. troops, including the planting of roadside bombs that maim and dismember 
their victims. Soleimani directed the recent attacks on U.S. personnel in Iraq that badly wounded four service members and killed one American, and he orchestrated the violent assault on the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. In recent days, he was planning new attacks on American targets, but we stopped him. Soleimani's hands were drenched in both American and Iranian blood. He should have been terminated long ago. By removing Soleimani, we have sent a powerful message to terrorists. If you value your own life, you will not threaten the lives of our people. As we continue to evaluate options in response to Iranian aggression, the United States will immediately impose additional punishing economic sanctions on the Iranian regime. These powerful sanctions will remain until Iran changes its behavior. In recent months alone, Iran has seized ships in international waters, fired an unprovoked strike on Saudi Arabia, and shot down two U.S. drones. Iran's hostilities substantially increased after the foolish Iran nuclear deal was signed in 2013. And they were given $150 billion, not to mention $1.8 billion in cash. Instead of saying thank you to the United States, they chanted death to America. In fact, they chanted death to America the day the agreement was signed. Then Iran went on a terror spree, funded by the money from the deal, and created hell in Yemen, Syria, Lebanon, Afghanistan, and Iraq. The missiles fired last night at us and our allies were paid for with the funds made available by the last administration. The regime also greatly tightened the reins on their own country, even recently killing 1,500 people at the many protests that are taking place all throughout Iran. The very defective JCPOA expires shortly anyway and gives Iran a clear and quick path to nuclear breakout. Iran must abandon its nuclear ambitions and end its support for terrorism. The time has come for the United Kingdom, Germany, France, Russia, and China to recognize this reality. They must now break away from the remnants of the Iran deal, or JCPOA. And we must all work. So far, I'm not hearing uh, anything wrong with what Trump is, uh, you know, saying here. Now, I, I will say this. Uh, Pence was reportedly saying that Soleimani was, uh, you know, partially responsible for 9-11, and that is incorrect. That's Saudi Arabia. And, uh, you know, look, why we're allied with Saudi Arabia, I have no, well, I mean, obviously I have, I know why we're allied. It's because of oil. We shouldn't be allied with, with Saudi Arabia. That's something that, you know, I I think is stupid, and I think every American thinks is stupid that we're still allied with Saudi Arabia. But, you know, so far, everything that 
Trump is saying about Iran is, you know, pretty on the money. So. Together toward making a deal with Iran that makes the world a safer and more peaceful place. We must also make a deal that allows Iran to thrive and prosper and take advantage of its enormous untapped potential. Iran can be a great country. Peace and stability cannot prevail in the Middle East as long as Iran continues to foment violence, unrest, hatred, and war. The civilized world must send a clear and unified message to the Iranian regime. Your campaign of terror, murder, mayhem will not be tolerated any longer. It will not be allowed to go forward. Today, I am going to ask NATO to become much more involved in the Middle East process. Over the last three years, under my leadership, our economy is stronger than ever before, and America has achieved energy independence. These historic accomplishments change our strategic priorities. These are accomplishments that nobody thought were possible. And options in the Middle East became available. We are now the number one producer of oil and natural gas anywhere in the world. We are independent, and we do not need Middle East oil. The American military has been completely rebuilt under my administration at a cost of $2.5 trillion. U.S. armed forces are stronger than ever before. Our missiles are big, powerful, accurate, lethal and fast. Under construction are many hypersonic missiles. The fact that we have this great military and equipment, however, does not mean we have to use it. We do not want to use it. American strength, both military and economic. Okay, now that is another criticism I have of, of Trump. See, I'm not like completely, you know, a, but like, if I were if I were Trump, I would not be uh, I would not be advertising the fact we have like all new, you know, shit as far as missiles and whatnot. Like, I would keep all that stuff on the down low, and then if they, you know, tried to mess with us, then they would find out the, you know, they would find out the hard way that we have all this new technology. There, there's no. There's there's no reason why we should be advertising what our arsenal is like. Let let them let them think our arsenal is outdated. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, so what brings up a good point? Europe is with with is within reach of Iran, and yeah, I mean, look, uh, like I said at the beginning of the at the beginning of the program, and and I'm not sure if you were here. I mean, Iran is not, you know, a is not, you know, friendly at all. So I'm not sure why people are acting like, you know, Trump is the big bad here. So. So. But the whole point of advertising is so, is so they're aware and don't fuck with us. Therefore, we don't have to use it. 
Uh, yeah, that that's a good point, Apex. So, oh shit, is is uh is Nachito here? Is my uh is my uh favorite listener from from uh, across the border here? Welcome, Nacho. Feliz Navidad, I guess. Sorry, that's that's pretty much the only Spanish you'll you'll get out of me. So, is the best deterrent. Three months ago, after destroying 100% of ISIS and its territorial caliphate, we killed the savage leader of ISIS, al-Baghdadi who was responsible for so much death, including the mass beheadings of Christians. More like uh, Al Small da- Daddy or Al, or Al No Daddy. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Sorry, folks. I'm, I'm, I'm bad at jokes. I'm not as bad as Owen Benjamin Ben is, though. At least I'm not laughing. <laughs> at least I'm not laughing and wheezing at my, my own jokes, so... Muslims and all who stood in his way. He was a monster. Al-Baghdadi was trying again to rebuild the ISIS caliphate and failed. Tens of thousands of ISIS fighters have been killed or captured during my administration. ISIS is a natural enemy of Iran. The destruction of ISIS is good for Iran. And we should work together on this and other shared priorities. Finally, to the people and leaders of Iran, we want you to have a future, and a great future, one that you deserve, one of prosperity at home and harmony with the nations of the world. The United States is ready to embrace peace with all who seek it. I want to thank you, and God bless America. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And that is the response that the world was waiting to hear from the President of the United States. And its support for terrorism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CNN, I'm not uh, interested. (laughs) So, uh, uh, my... Apex Gallon in the chat goes, my favorite hooker's pimp's name is Big Daddy. Uh, that, now that's a, that's a, that's actually a good one, uh, Apex. Whoa, do we have, he actually changed the name to, to L D Diddy. Uh, Whoa, we have uh, the legend Johnny Arcade uh, in the in the chat who is who is crushing just by the fact that he's that he's here. So can so congrats Johnny uh, you're crushing. Uh, so if so we we just played that clip of uh of uh Trump's speech on Iran. Now um oh yeah oh yeah listen Nachito is here. Um now 
the day after, uh, the day after uh, Soleimani was hit and taken out, uh, I came across this interesting article from, of all places, CNBC. It, it was an opinion column, but still, it was surprising to see someone from CNBC uh, actually praising the uh, U.S. military for taking uh, Trump out, or no, taking uh, not Trump, not taking Trump out, taking uh, Soleimani out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, CNN would praise someone for taking Trump out, though, but uh, no, uh, CNBC was actually praising Trump for uh, taking Soleimani out, so. Uh, fuck off, pop-ups, so, alright, so, here is the, uh, article from CNBC, and, uh, uh, okay, alright, uh, op-ed, and I'm reading this for those listening to the pod, for the podcast. So, um, obviously, if you're um, watching this, you can read along or do whatever. Um, anyway, let's see here. Hmm. Oh. Oh, it did it did show up. I thought it gave me a notification that it wasn't. Um anyway. Um America just took out a man many consider the world's number one bad guy. This is by some guy named uh Jake Novak. Okay. Uh the killing of Iranian general uh Kassam uh, Soleimani doesn't have the emotional power of the takedown of Osama bin Laden, but taking him out means uh, means more in terms of saving current lives, right? It's opinion columnist uh, Jake Novak. Okay, so uh, okay, let's let's go down. So, just who is this top Iranian general the U.S. just eliminated? Uh, for many of us who watch and analyze news out of the Middle East daily, he was the world's number one bad guy. Uh, Qasem Soleimani has been in control of Iran's uh, quids forces for more than 20 years. His current greatest hits include helping uh, Bashir al-Assad slaughter hundreds of thousands of his own people in the Syrian civil war. Uh, Again, that may uh, that may not uh, happen. Uh, hello to the queen of hello to Lissa, the queen of the internet as well. Uh, anyway, uh, stoking that the house in Yemen civil war and overseeing the killing of hundreds of Iraqi protesters, uh, recently demonstrating against Iranian influence in their country. Uh, 
but most importantly for Americans, Soleimani was behind the deaths of hundreds of American soldiers during the Iraq War. Uh, last year, the U.S. State Department put the number of Americans killed by Iranian proxies in Iraq at least 608 uh, since 2003. Uh, <clears throat> the killing of uh, Soleimani doesn't have the emotional power of the takedown of Osama bin Laden, and he wasn't even well known to, America, to Americans uh, as ISIS founder Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi but in many ways, taking him out means much more in terms of saving current lives. Uh, remember that bin Laden and al-Baghdadi were mostly out of business and in hiding at, at the time of their deaths. Soleimani was busier than ever, uh, directing mayhem all over the Middle East and beyond. Um, oh, hey, he kind of... Uh, he kind of looks like the, the the Sean Connery character from the Hunt for Red October now. I'm 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 realizing. Um if you guys see that photo. <laughs> huh. Um, okay. Uh for example, these last few days have made it clear to the whole world just how much Iran controlled just about all Iraq in Iraq's Shia population. It appears Soleimani not only felt justified in being the likely mastermind behind Tuesday's attack on the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad, but was also comfortable enough to travel to Iraq to personally oversee it. But this time, he got too comfortable. We're already hearing from a number of critics that this move will likely backfire against the U.S. and will provoke Iran to retaliate even more forcibly against American against America and its allies. I think that's a typo. Uh, to those people making those warnings, there's only one thing to say: Welcome to the party, pal. And I mean, I guess since this was written out, you know, shortly after Christmas, it makes sense that you know that the columnist would be using diehard quotes, but whatever, whatever, Boomer. Um, that's because I, Iran has really been at war with the U.S. since 1979. Uh, the killing of hundreds of troops in Iraq, the constant terrorism, it sponsors and supplies against Israel, and even the recent provocations against oil uh, tariffs in the Persian Gulf are all uh, act, acts of war from which there's really no uh, retreat without severe consequences. There are, there are, there are lots of typos in this uh, article, actually. Uh, for the Trump administration, it would appear that the embassy attack was the last draw. It was also one that provided the ultimate opportunity to eliminate Soleimani as he foolishly left his home country and made himself more physically and legally vulnerable. Another thing to remember is that Soleimani and his foreign escapades 
may have been the delight of the ruling mullahs in Tehran, but the people in the streets abandoned him long ago, if they ever really supported him in the first place. Um, Soleimani clearly came to personify the increasingly unpopular uh, spending on proxy wars and terrorism. Uh, with Iran's economy faltering, uh, the chanting in the streets during the nation's uh, protests included no money, no gas, screw Palestine. Uh, this was probably the best proof that the Iranian people are keenly aware of the resources being sent abroad that could be used to uh, improve the domestic economy and not pay for rockets in Gaza or wars in Syria and Yemen. Uh, that is the one part that I am a little skeptic about, though, because um, I mean, if if you're protesting in Iran, isn't that like don't don't people pretty much disappear for that type of thing? Uh, that's that's the only thing that, uh, you know, that, uh, doesn't make sense. And yeah, so, so what I, I, I agree. I don't, I don't want more, more in the Middle East either. Um, but what I'm saying is I, I don't, I don't think that this, that taking out Sulmani is necessarily going to lead to war and, and, in the Middle East. We're not necessarily at at that point yet, so let's not uh, count those hens before they ha hatch, or those chickens. Whatever the saying is. Okay. Uh, in fact, Iranian journalist and activist uh, Maja, uh, some name I can't pronounce, uh, tweeted almost immediately after Soleimani's Death was reported by the Quds commander, was also aided by ordinary uh, Iranians for the brutality against his own people. This included a bloody crackdown on university students in Iran in the 1990s. Uh, bu 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 yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Johnny's right. War has already been been canceled. Uh, in the coming hours and days, the debate over the decision to kill Soleimani will ultimately uh, be dominated by partisan politicians looking to score points for or against President Trump. Uh, perhaps Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat uh, from Connecticut, has taken uh, top partisanship buffoonery prize already scolding, scolding President Trump for the action just two days after publicly decrying America's lack of action against the attack in the Baghdad embassy. Uh, well, that's not as bad, though, as uh, what, what's-her-face. The, uh, the Minnesota Senator What's-her-face, ladies and gentlemen, who was saying... Uh, stuff like um, 
you know, oh, Trump did this to avoid impeachment or whatever. Okay. Uh, but that's just politics. It will also be just politics when President Trump takes a victory lap on Twitter or at a future rally over this killing. That, that I do agree with. Uh, what isn't just politics is the fact that Soleimani was a very effective and deadly leader of the world's most active and uh, pervasive terrorist army. The knee-jerk assumptions we will hear from those who say that someone else will be taking his, uh, you know, place just as deadly and effective. Well, I mean, we've already heard, you know, hysteria from pretty much the entire internet that World War Three, you know, was going to happen. Even though it's it's not going to happen, World War Three has been canceled. Uh, you know, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, anyway, uh, a pretty good piece. Like I said, this was, you know, this was published like a day after the, um, this was published a day after the, uh, you know, attack happened. So I will actually, uh, I will actually post the link to this article if you guys want it in the live chat, and, uh, then I will also link this article in the show notes for those of you guys, uh, watching and or listening, um, so, that's that, uh, let's see, alright, so, now folks, I, uh, Let's move on to something a little more whimsical, uh, you know, for right now. Uh, uh, Storm of Wrench is coming in with the, uh, with the good, uh, you know, comments. I've just got to put this up. World War Three, World War Four, the search for, for three. Uh, uh, we, we can, we can, we I can always count on a storm of engines to make me, to make me laugh. Um, all right, so Ricky Gervais obviously uh, killed it the other night at the, uh, you know, speaking of deadly attacks, uh, I know this joke hasn't been made, but I'll make it again. I hope Ricky Gervais had a congressional authority before he went in and butchered uh all of Hollywood at the at the Golden uh, Globes the other week. Uh, so I'm not gonna play the whole thing, but I do want to. Uh, I do want to go through and look at some of the you know good moments here, and uh, you know since I'm not really being monetized yet, I'm not. I don't think this will get taken down because uh, it's. You know, it's been kind of all over the internet now for a couple of days, but this is still pretty funny to, uh, you know, watch. Hello and welcome to the 77th Annual Golden Globe Awards, live from the Beverly Hilton Hotel here in... And before uh, we start this, I also just have to say that I actually recently picked up uh, the digital box set of the the original Office from the UK. Never seen it before, but, um, you know, I'm going to watch it. Uh, 
Also, Johnny brings up a good point in regards to uh, World War Three. For World War, you made major alliances to form and go after each other. Uh, just what happened? I mean, yeah, Johnny. If if anything, here's the bottom line with uh, you know, with the whole World War Three. If anything, we're not we're not going to be in World War Three with. Uh, Iran, we're going to be in another, if anything, we're going to be in another uh, Cold War when it comes to Iran. That's what's going to happen. This isn't going to turn into uh, World War Three. This is going to turn into uh, Cold War Number 2, if anything. But I doubt even that will happen. So, uh, anyway, uh, so, so let's get on with uh, Ricky Gervais's uh, monologue here. Angeles. I'm Ricky Gervais. Thank you. Um, you'll, you'll be pleased to know this is the last time I'm hosting these awards, so I don't care anymore. Um, I'm joking. I never did. Um, NBC clearly don't care either. Fifth time. So, I mean, Kevin Hart was fired from the Oscars because of some offensive tweets. Hello. Lucky for me, the Hollywood foreign press can barely speak English, and they've no idea what Twitter. <gasps> what a racist joke he he just made there. So I got offered this gig by fax. So let's go out with a bang. Let's have a laugh at your expense, shall we? Remember, they're just jokes. We're all going to die soon, and there's no sequel. So. Yeah, remember that. Um, but you all look lovely, all doled up. You came here in your limos. I came here in a limo tonight, and the license plate was made by Felicity Huffman. So, no, shush. It's her, it's her daughter I feel sorry for, okay? That must be the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to her. And her dad was in Wild Hogs. So... Lots of big celebrities here tonight. I mean, legends, icons, yeah? Look, at this table alone. Uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. But... <laughs> Baby Yoda. Uh, oh, that's, that's Joe Pesci, sorry. Um, I love you, man. Don't have me whacked. Um, the, the bombs are about to drop here. We're not quite at prime joke level yet, but we're about to get to, to the good stuff here. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so what, so it says I hate Tom Hanks. I mean, yeah, I, I used to like Tom Hanks, uh, as an actor, but now he's just kind of, He's been in so much that it's kind of gotten, you know, it's not as, he's not even as good as he used to be. Uh, De Niro, I don't like either, obviously, because of politics, but the man still can act. I've, I gotta give him credit for that. So. But tonight isn't just about the people in front of the camera. In this room are some of the most important TV and film executives in the world. People from every background, but they all have one thing in common. They're all terrified of Ronan Farrow. He's coming Very for you. True. He's coming for you. Look, talking of all you perverts, it was a big year. 
it was a big year for paedophile movies. Um, surviving R. Kelly, Leaving Neverland, Two Popes. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I don't care. I don't care. Steven Spielberg looking nervous there. Now, look, I mean, there have certainly been theories that, you know, Spielberg, you know, has been a pedophile. I mean, but they're but they're largely un, unfounded. To be honest, Owen Benjamin kind of ruined that, you know, one for me just because Owen mentioned it. So, uh, you know, <laughs> anything that Owen, that Owen says must automatically be bullshit. That's kind of my, uh, you know, that's kind of my way of measuring things. If Owen said it, it's not true. Many talented people of color were snubbed in major categories. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. The Hollywood foreign press are all very, very racist. So, fifth time. Not so, a lie either. We were going to do an in memoriam this year, but when I saw the list of people that had died, it wasn't diverse enough. It just, no. It was mostly white people. And I thought, nah, not on my watch. So, Maybe next year. Let's, let's see what happens. No one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to the cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win. Everything. Good night. But no, no, we've got to drag it out for three hours. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this, okay? <laughs> Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way. So in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. Shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. Best joke of the evening by far. And what's what's even better, folks, is the memes that, uh, you know, came later. Uh, in fact, I'll, tr- I'll try and find some of those, but uh, some of them are pretty hilarious. Uh, something along the lines of uh, Ricky Gervais didn't kill himself. It was like, let's get ahead of this. So, uh, and Adam Driver there, I mean, yeah, Star Wars sucked, but I mean, Adam Driver is, is like, Adam Driver and Keanu Reeves are pretty much the only, like, good guys in Hollywood right, right now. Uh, I, I like them both. They seem like normal dudes compared to the, compared to the rest of the uh, industry. Yep, prime of level 10. I, I, I love that we're just counting the, the, the primeness levels of Ricky Gervais here. They just keep increasing. You had to make your own way here in your own plane, didn't you? Right, but m- seriously, most films are awful. Lazy, remakes sequels. I've heard a rumour that there might be a sequel to Sophie's Choice. I mean, that'd just be Meryl Streep going, well, it's got to be this one then. (laughs) 
all the best actors have jumped to Netflix and HBO, you know. And the actors who just do Hollywood movies now do fantasy adventure nonsense. They wear masks and capes and really tight costumes. Their job isn't acting anymore. It's going to the gym twice a day and taking steroids, really. Have we got, a, have we got an award for most ripped junk? Dwayne the, the Rock Johnson. Paging Dwayne Johnson. Um. No. No point. We know he'd win that. Um, Martin Scorsese, the greatest living director, made the news for his controversial comments about the Marvel franchise. He said they're not real cinema and uh, they remind him of theme parks. I agree. Although I don't know what he's doing hanging around theme parks. He's not big enough to go on the rides, is he? <laughs> it's tiny. I... Well, it's got to be this one then. Oh, shit. The job isn't acting anymore. It's going to the gym twice a day and taking steroids, really. Have we got a... Have we got an award for most ripped junkie? No. No point. We know he'd win that. Um, Martin Scorsese, the greatest living director, made the news for his controversial comments about the Marvel franchise. He said they're not real cinema and uh, they remind him of theme parks. I agree. Although I don't know what he's doing hanging around theme parks. He's not big enough to go on the rides, is he? <laughs> Tiny. And I gotta give Marty Scorsese credit there. He actually seemed to take that joke in uh, stride pretty well. So, and from what I've heard from some of the people I actually know in the industry, I don't know many, but I know a few. Uh, Scorsese is massively egotistical. So, you know. Good, he, he took that joke on the chin pretty well. Right. The Irishman was amazing. It was amazing. Um, that, it was. My, my, it was great. Uh, you can actually hear my review of The Irishman and several other films on the uh, audio podcast as well. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Or wherever else you get your uh, podcasts from. Long, but amazing. Um, it wasn't the only epic movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nearly three hours long. Leonardo DiCaprio attended the premiere, and by the end, his date was too old for him. So... <laughs> Even Prince Andrew's like, come on, Leo, mate, you know. <laughs> you're nearly 50, son. Um, the world got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. Okay, this bit was he good, too. He was also too. in the movie Cats, but no one saw that. Um, and the reviews, oh, shocking. I saw one that said, this is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs, right? <laughs> But Dame Judi Dench defended the film, saying it was the role she was born to play. Because she... I can't do this next joke. <laughs> because she loves nothing oh, better than plonking herself down on the carpet, lifting her leg and licking her... Her own cunt. <laughs> Furball. Furball. She's old school. Um... No, YouTube administrator. That that's not prime level twelve. That's like Trump prime level fifteen. 
last time. Who cares? <laughs> oh. It's my last time. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Ricky Gervais doesn't really give a fuck, which is what I love. Apple roared into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing. Made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you... Even though the entire, even though the entire tech industry, not just Apple, but the entire tech industry basically manufactures everything in China. It's true. But the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So if you win, right, come up, accept your little... Which is actually true for a lot of these uh, Hollywood celebrities getting the awards. So, yeah. Thank your agent and your God. And so, it's already three hours long. Right, let's do the first award. The first award. The first award is for best actor in a television series. Okay, so uh, you know that that was the end of the. He he did like another uh, you know one at the end. I I guess about Harvey Weinstein. I I I couldn't find the clip for that because you know I I'm sure YouTube is like I'm sure someone in Hollywood is like trying to frantically delete you know copies of uh, you know of the of the Weinstein bit but uh you know that was that was good and uh you know I I know that I know that like some conservative commentators were like being like Ricky Gervais is one of us now um but no he, he I mean Ricky Gervais has made fun of you know Republicans and conservatives you know for for years and years and years. This this is nothing new. He roasts uh he roasts everyone equally. I uh, I will say this though. I I and I I have to pull I have to pull this up uh or meh do I uh eh, no, never mind. Uh but I guess Vox Day made made a uh, te- well Teddy Spaghetti let's just let's just call him by his true name uh Teddy Spaghetti made the absurd uh remark that like I guess uh you know he's convinced that Ricky Gervais is going to be joining him on uh unauthorized now because uh you know he went uh, he he went against the establishment and so obviously you know uh you know he'll be he'll be on 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 uh, unauthorized. I'll I'll pull this up. Uh, let's see. Holy. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, I'm not gonna scroll through Vox's blog here. It's 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 painful to Yeah. Uh. Oh my god, this is Yeah, I'm I'm I I'm I'm going to spare you guys from even even like looking at what I think would I think at this point it would be safer for me to uh play hardcore porn on the stream than to show Vox's website. Uh, oh, never mind. Uh, I found it. This was painful. Uh, okay. So. So, uh, let's see. The tide she is turning. If Gervais keeps this up, he will be unauthorized. Within 18 months, uh, let's see. And, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, Ricky Gervais is going to be on, uh, on, uh, unauthorized, and, uh, Owen is going to be on, uh, Owen is watched by Tucker Carlson. Uh, let's see. And, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, and I, I, lo I love all this stuff like, oh, they're setting, they're setting Ricky Gervais up to be a new gatekeeper. No, you morons. Ricky Gervais, okay. Okay, that's, uh, that's enough. I don't want my computer to get a virus, uh, so, uh, let's see, in, in, uh, sad news tonight, uh, Neil Peart, uh, the drummer of, uh, Rush passed away, and also, uh, a phenomenal lyricist, um, you know, there, there's not much, I, I don't want to get too much into, uh, you know, this, and I don't want to wax product too much, but, I mean, I, look, I discovered Rush when I was 15, uh, years old, uh, back when I was a freshman in high school, uh, one of my, uh, I wouldn't say my first girlfriend, but I think probably my second girlfriend in high school that I had, uh, she actually also had an affinity for Rush, um, so I had some good memories there involving the band Rush, and, uh, then, you know, Rush helped me through, uh, you know, a couple breakups too, um, and, and, um, when I first moved here to Florida about six years ago, I actually, I took a gap year uh, in between high school and college. And uh, I spent pretty much a year, pretty much the enti entire, going through Rush's uh, entire 
discography because I'm a nerd like that. And what's funny is um, when I first joined Owen Benjamin's Discord, which would later become become uh, you know pretty much all of Owen's ex bears. The funny thing of it is, is like pretty much a, a lot of the pe people who I bonded with, who ended up leaving with us, uh, you know, after we exited the Bears, were also Rush fans. Um, and I, I actually, a few of them who I haven't talked to in a long time, actually reached out to me yesterday. Uh, shout out to you, Meritocracy. Um, and, uh, you know, wanted to chat a bit about Neil Peart last night, so we did, um, yeah, so, uh, let's see, um, so before we bring on, uh, Apex Gamma, I do kind of want to end, end the show, uh, you know, with a, with a little bit of whimsy tonight, uh, in honor of, uh, Neil Peart, I want to go ahead and uh, play this clip I found. Uh, I actually found it a few years ago. Um, it's it's a pretty uh, great clip if you're into rock music. Yeah. And this is a this is a studio jam session with uh, Stuart Copeland, Neil Peart, uh, Danny Carey, and uh, oh, I. And uh, Matt Stone, who I get, who I guess is a drummer too, and they're all jamming in Stuart Copeland's home studio. And uh, this was a clip from like, you know, two years ago, but it's pretty cool. So while I'm playing that, we'll get everything set up to bring Apex on. And uh, yeah, let's roll the tape. Uh, rest in peace, Mr. Peart. You uh, brought a lot of us uh, many happy memories. So, oh, seven to you, sir, wherever you are. This is uh, called A Little More Noise at the Sacred Grove. I hope uh, YouTube doesn't strike me for this. Uh, but if they do, hello, Mr. Copeland. I'm a big fan of your uh, work. This actually come from, this actually is from Stuart Copeland's uh, channel. Can we make a little more noise? A little more noise. A little more noise. Little more noise. I haven't
And, uh, yeah, folks, that was, uh, Neil Peart jamming with, uh, Stuart Copeland, Danny Carey, and, uh, Matt Stone, and a couple other studio, uh, musicians there. Uh, Johnny Arcade, oh, oh, yeah, that's right, we've discussed this before, Johnny, uh, hates Rush. Well, you're, uh, I... I can't even I can't even ban you now because Owen's made uh Owen has made banning people uncool too. Um but anyway, Adam right. Well there are a lot more uh Rush fans out there that I know listen to this uh podcast, so if you're listening to uh this I will have uh the video also posted in the description so uh if you're a Rush fan and you want to watch this, it's definitely worth your time. Stuart Copeland, by the way, is uh, not only is he a drummer, but he, he pretty much, as you saw there, you know, he plays guitar. He's one of those. He's one of these multi-instrumentalist guy. Uh, pretty talented dude. Um, Apex isn't isn't going to be able to make it. I actually just got a message from him that something, uh, you know, in his personal life uh, came up. So, uh, I guess that will do it for tonight's, uh, show then. We've pretty much covered, uh, everything else. So, uh, anyway, I want to thank everyone for, uh, tuning in, who tuned in live. Uh, big shout out to, uh, Evil Eric, Johnny Arcade, uh, So What, uh, Rational H-Bomb, uh, One Step Too Far, the YouTube administrator, a storm of wrenches, uh, Nachito, who joined us, the queen of the uh, internet, Alyssa, uh, uh, Harry Henderson, uh, let's see here, uh, Apex, obviously, when he was here, and uh, let's see, the Shady J, and uh, let's see, the um N was in here early in the chat as well and uh Jacob Downey and I think the higher shy was in there and of course uh Bobby Lagosh and uh Alan Powell were both in the, in the chat here tonight too hmm, what a uh what a coincidence that was that they were both see they are they are two different people as it turns out folks but uh, anyway, thanks for uh, tuning in. And from all of us here at NGC Studios, God bless. God save this great nation. Uh, God freedom, like I see in that order. And good night, ladies and gentlemen. Hey there, folks. If you've made it this far to the end of the podcast, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to the show. You are the ones that make it possible for me to uh, make an income from podcasting, and I greatly appreciate that just by listening to our show. You are helping us gain ad revenue. However, if you would really like to uh, help support the show, I encourage you to please donate to the podcast and become a supporter of the show you can head over to anchor.fm forward slash whitfield report and click the support this podcast button 
and uh, choose the amount that suits you to support the show. Or you can click the link in the show notes and it will directly uh, take you to that page. If you can support the podcast, I really, really appreciate that. Anything that you can do to uh, help out is greatly appreciated. Even if you can't afford to uh, help financially support the podcast, I encourage you to please go on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and please leave this podcast a positive five-star review. That really helps us out here at the Whitfield Report. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode.